Well, well, the Cincinnati Reds are in fact not dead. For those who said, well, thanks Reds for keeping us entertained until football season, football season can wait a little longer because the Cincinnati Reds are still right in the middle of a playoff race with 31 games to play. What's going on? My name is Nick Kirby. Happy Sunday and thanks for joining us. As always, for Chatterbox Reds, the only daily podcast that covers the Cincinnati Reds on the weekends and incredible games like Saturday night. Coming up, Trace Fowler, Bryce Spaulding, and myself gave instant reaction to an instant classic. And let's tell you about what happened on Saturday night first. In the top of the first, Reds went with an opener. They went with Fernando Cruz, and he gave up a triple to Corbin Carroll. But Cruz bounced back, struck out the next two batters, but unfortunately a pass ball from Tyler Stevenson put the Diamondbacks quickly up 1-0. Fernando Cruz, Sam Mole, and then Ben Lively kept it a 1-0 game as the Reds' offense really struggled early in this game, but the Diamondbacks broke through in the fifth off Ben Lively. Gattel Marte hit a three-run home run that was absolutely crushed. That made it 4-0 Diamondbacks, and it was looking bleak for the Red Legs. In the top of the sixth, the Reds finally got on the board against Zach Davies with a solo home run from Matt McClain. Number 16 on the season for McClain. That cut the lead to 4-1. Davies then walked Ellie De La Cruz, and then he was pulled for the game. But it was a really rough performance from the Reds versus a pitcher who entered with an ERA over 7. The Reds loaded the bases with one out in the 6th, but then Noel V. Marte hit a ground ball double play on a nice 4-6-3 by the Diamondbacks, keeping the score 4-1. Top of the 8th, Ellie De La Cruz walked. He then took 2nd base on a 402-foot flyout by Spencer Steer. Ellie then stole 3rd base. And then Nick Martini singled him home. That made it a 4-2 game. Ben Lively, he kept the Reds in this game. He put up zeros in the 6th, 7th, and 8th and gave the Reds a chance in the ninth. And in the top of the ninth, Noelvi Marte had a leadoff 7-pitch walk. Will Benson flew out. And then Tyler Stevenson doubled down the right field line. His third hit of the game, that made it a 4-3 game. T.J. Friedel then hit a bloop single. Pinch runner Mike Ciani had to hold at third base. And then Matt McClain had an RBA ground out to tie the game and chase Diamondbacks closer and big trade deadline acquisition. Paul Seawald, he had to throw 25 pitches and didn't get out of the inning. Ellie De La Cruz hit a loud flyout, but it ended the inning and we went to the bottom of the ninth. In the bottom of the ninth, Ben Lively surprisingly came back out. He did get the first batter to hit a weak grounder right back to him. David Bell then went to his bullpen, and Ian Jabot, he got two outs to send us into extra innings. In the top of the 10th, Spencer Steer had a leadoff double, which scored ghost runner Ellie De La Cruz. Reds took their first lead of the game in the 10th at 5-4. Nick Martini then hit a ground rule double, his third hit of the game, that made it 6-4 Reds. And then things were really looking good when Christian Encarnacion Strand singled 7-4 Reds. Novi Marte then hit a ground rule double, keeping his good night going. But CES had to hold up at third base. 
And that would turn out to be big as the Reds stranded the runners on base. Bottom of the 10th, Alexis Diaz came in in a save chance. He gave up a leadoff single to make it a 7-5 game and then a walk. Diaz got Gattel Marte to fly out. And then Tommy Pham hit a ground ball that was a potential game-ending double play. But Matt McClain booted the ball at second base. That made it 7-6 Reds with runners on the corners and only one out. Diaz then got Christian Walker to hit a sack fly. That tied the game. Diaz did strike out all-star Guriel Jr. to send us to the 11th. In the top of the 11th, didn't start out good for the Reds. Matt McClain struck out. Ellie De La Cruz had another hard-hit flyout, and then Spencer Steer came up. Steer got an infield single, putting runners on the corners. And then a huge play in the game. Nabil Krismet balked home. The ghost runner, TJ Friedel, put the Reds up 8-7. Can you believe it? Bottom of the 11th, the Diamondbacks successfully sack-bunted over the ghost runner. But then Lucas Sims struck out the next two batters. Reds win 8-7 and an unbelievable comeback win. And here's what Reds manager David Bell had to say about it. In the words, the roller coaster ride that you just went on. No, you know, we were just talking about as a team, you can't even remember everything that happened. All we know is that uh, it was a tough win. It was not perfect. A lot of things happened. And you just stay with it. You stay with it. You keep grinding it out. You stay together. And good things happen. Um, maybe not every day, but you do that consistently. And, and good things will happen in the end. How far can something like this go? I mean, you come off the mat and then they tie. I mean, just the wave of emotions that a team that's going to the playoffs or hoping to get to the playoffs needs to go through. Sure. Every, every experience we go through is uh, a good one. Um, you know, especially, you know, when you can, you know, have, like I said, an imperfect game, maybe even some failure and stay with it and realize, um, you know, when you do that and when you stay strong individually and as a team, good things happened. And I thought that was really what that game was all about. I thought a lot, all of that happened within one game. And to be able to come out on top against a really good team, um, I think it makes it even uh a little bit easier to, to learn and uh, keep getting better. So it was a big game, important game. Hope you know we're we're counting on a lot more important games, but uh, every one of them matters a lot and meant a lot to our team to come out on top right there. How hard is it to come back in three straight innings like that? You guys obviously come back in the ninth, mm-hmm. did it again the tenth, you do it again in the eleventh. Yeah, I mean that that's when you have the shift the shifting of momentum and um, yeah, it really tests your toughness or resilience, whatever word you want to use, because it's, uh, it is a, you know, it's emotional and uh, it takes a lot and to stay with it um, when things aren't going exactly your way um, over and over and over again. Um, it does. I mean, it, 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 it's good practice for what it takes um, in the end. So it was, uh, uh, it couldn't have gone any better for, for um, you know, strengthening a team and uh, learning and uh, you know, getting better. Of all things, that game ended was decided on a balk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why you keep playing. Yeah. You know, and uh, but you know, it was one. The game was, yeah. I mean, 
the final run was uh, scored that way, but the, the game certainly wasn't uh, um, all about that. Far from it. Here's what Ben Lively had to say about his performance and the emotions of the win. Five and two-thirds coming out of the pen. Uh, how important in your eyes was what you put on the field tonight? I mean, I'm ready to go whenever. That's always my mindset. Just compete as much as I can and put the ball where it needs to. What were all the emotions like? You guys were down 4 nothing. You guys came back, and you guys were down again. You know, a lot, or Tiger at the top, you know, the lead. Just what was it like to go through all this ups and downs? I mean, just like, like we always talk about, it's like we're in every game. And it's just the fact that there's those moments where we get down and like there's always that one person that's like, we're not getting down. Then some like small thing happens and bam, we're back in it. And it's really cool to see everyone working together when that like mood, like no one wants that like down mood in the like dugout. But once it gets down, someone brings it back up and it's, it's awesome. Who brought it up tonight? I remember Maley yelling something early in the game and like something was going on and I was, I was locked in. And then next thing you know, we're back in it. It was awesome. And here's what one of the heroes, Tyler Stevenson, had to say. Yeah, I feel like that was, that was a whirlwind of emotions of a game. Um, we won, so that's all that matters. Uh, it was fun. It was, it was. I mean, I feel like that was some really good atmosphere and kind of playoff mentality right there. You've got to feel good. Three hits, including a crucial RBI in the ninth inning. You guys come off the mat. Was this one that is just a testament? To, we call you guys the Rally Reds. I mean, this one is a poster child for that, isn't it? Oh, big time. I feel like we've been kind of doing it all year. And to come up against their closer and situation, Marte had a heck of an at-bat to get on with the walk. Uh, and then the fight and put some at-bats together. And then it just it was contagious there for a second. Uh, it was huge. It's momentum. And we just got to continue to let this thing go and come out tomorrow and get a win how crazy is it that you guys win on a balk after all of that i know well i thought i was locked in and i i could have sworn that i did see like some movement and cb obviously was on it and hey you take it any way you can um so i mean it wins a win so that's all that matters where would you put this in the category of big wins some wins are bigger than others where would you put this one it's got to be at the top, uh, especially with where we're at. Every game matters from here on out. Yeah. and uh, We know where we're at, and we know where they're at. we got some really important games coming up, so uh, it's huge. Like I said, I mean, it, you take any win you can, especially this late in the year. So it's something to build off of. It's a lot of fun. One final question. How big was what you got from Ben Lively today? Oh, huge. Um, I know we cruised did an unbelievable job, and then obviously what Maul did, and then how many innings? I don't even know. Five and a third, I think. Something, something like that. I mean, I feel five and two thirds. I think. I feel like that's kind of what he's done all year. Is just, I mean, he's been a huge help uh, for this team just to eat innings, and uh, he did that tonight. Um, went out for the ninth and got got one out. I don't know. Um, that, that was a funny situation, uh, but he he was huge. I mean, just one one mistake, one break them all through on homer, and uh, it was good to see him. Uh, good, to, good to see him back. And lastly, here's what T.J. Friedel, who scored the game-winning run, had to say. A lot of ways you guys could have lost that game, and there's a lot of ways you guys won that game. Yeah. How how much does the up and down feeling of, of that game just kind of go? You know, the, the emotions of that. I mean, that's that's the game, especially when you got two teams fighting for that wild card spot, and you got two teams battling neck and neck. Um, you know, we're gonna fight for every inch, and we know they are too. Like that's just that's kind of the game that we're playing right now. Um, we're trying to scratch runs together any way we can, and we know that they're doing that too. Um, so you know, that's a huge, huge win for us, and, and uh, you know, just gonna look to build momentum off of that. Well, the Brewers won their seventh straight game, so the Reds remain five back in the NL Central. But the NL wildcard race is just that. It is wild. 
Phillies, they hold the first wild card spot, and they do have a comfortable three and a half game cushion. But then after that, it's anybody's guess. Cubs hold the second wild card spot, but they are just a half game ahead of the Diamondbacks. Reds, half game behind the Diamondbacks, and a half game, of course, out of a playoff spot. But the Reds do now hold the tiebreaker with the Diamondbacks as they secured the season series win with the win on Saturday night. Reds also have a little bit of nice cushion behind them as the Reds are a game and a half ahead of the Giants, the next team in the wildcard race. Giants have lost 12 of 16. And then the Reds are three ahead now of the Marlins, who've lost 8 of 10. I remember Reds and Marlins, when the Marlins uh, won the series against the Reds, they moved ahead of them. So they have lost a lot of ground in a short amount of time. All right. Well, like we do every night after every single game, myself and Trace Fowler went live. We had our good friend Bryce Spalding joining us as well. And it just turned out that we got to recap a thrilling Reds win. Here we are on Chatterbox Reds Live on YouTube. I don't even know what we're going to talk about. So much happened in this game. If you're just joining us, the Cincinnati Reds won 8-7. They were down 4 nothing. Scored seven unanswered runs. Gave up three in the bottom of the 10th. After an incredible comeback, and then found a way, Lucas Sims, as clutch as it gets there at the end of that ball game. What an unbelievable performance by him to save that game. Reds win. Reds will have the tiebreaker now over the Arizona Diamondbacks, which is huge. It's huge. And uh, hey, Reds come out win a game tomorrow, and um, this is a hell of a week for the Cincinnati Reds. How about it? How about it, man? Man, after Thursday, it felt like it was just so many things wrong happening over and over, and it felt good to get coming back, getting that game to go right for you after getting knocked down, knocked down. Man, what an awesome win. Yeah, I mean, the Reds, uh, the most difficult road trip of the year, they're 4-2. As as low as the vibes were in the sixth, seventh inning of this game, the Reds are 4-2 and on this road trip. I don't even know if I believe what I just saw. I have a feeling quite a few people that probably turned off this ball game tonight and uh, are going to wake up on uh, on Sunday morning and uh, be disappointed that they did. But those of you that are here right now, <laughs> yeah, you got to see it. You got to see the Cincinnati Reds come back and get that huge, huge win. I mean, what a win for the Cincinnati Reds. But Ben Lively, man, deserves a ton of credit, a ton of credit. Uh, coming in relief, hasn't done that in a long time. Five and two-thirds innings, three runs, and was dominant after that home run. Did not walk a single batter tonight. C- gave the Reds this chance. You know, Ben Lively pretty much, Reds are down 4 nothing. Yeah. Ben Lively's really in there just to eat innings at that point. He's yeah. just in there to eat innings. And he put up zero after zero after zero to give this team a chance late. Reds are now 68-63. and 63. Reds are a half game out of a playoff spot. I'm going to give you the floor. Go wherever you want with this. We'll try to make some sense of this. We'll try to have some fun. We're going to try to celebrate the Cincinnati Reds way because, my God, this was a huge one for the Cincinnati Reds. And they are not dead, folks. They're not dead. Never dead. No, that's that's the type of win that can really change the season in, in a lot of ways. And you're getting dominated by a guy that you shouldn't have been getting dominated by. We all know that. Um, but but this team just doesn't stop. It doesn't quit. Paul Seawald 
is a great closer. I think he's got like 30 something saves on the year under a three RA and they find a way off him. So that type of stuff can propel a team further. They got a favorable pitching matchup tomorrow, uh, going to go into San Francisco after that. And I'm telling you, if they go seven and three on this road trip and, and they can get back home in a playoff spot, more than likely winning three out of the next four against San Fran and, and Arizona, then you got to be feeling really good about where you are. So um, just proud of the team, proud of where them fighting back and, and, and just keeping going. I mean, Ellie had a good day at the plate, two walks, but McLean did have the rough fielding error there, but he had a good day at the plate as well. So um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's a, it's a huge win and you can't really even go understated how big of a win that is. Look, they're, they're, we're not going to sit here and be like, Hey, everything's fixed. There's no problems with the reds. Uh, you know, some of the struggles that the reds had against Zach Davies are, are legit. Um, uh, there, there's no question about that. Um, but man, I, I just, I, what a win for the Reds. And it looks like he's here, folks. He's here. There's nothing to fear. Trace Fowler. Guys. Trace. The man. I just watched that game. And it took about three years off my life. And I thought, you know what? That was that was we were on death's doorstep, fellas. I don't know if you've talked about that, but we were there. We were literally in the coffin. You ever seen Undertaker? That's that's legitimately what Lucas Sims did. Lucas Sims, somebody me, somebody send me a meme. Somebody send me one of those clips that smart enough to do this on the internet. I want you to Photoshop Lucas Sims' uh, photo over top of the Undertaker when he rises from the the, the casket. That's what happened tonight. So. Uh, you're welcome if it goes viral, but um, someone someone needs to do that. What are you guys Tra- talking about, fellas? I'm glad to join the show. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like come in and I'm just gonna uh, no, listen. I just want to listen. Trace, I don't even know where to go. I mean, this is this is one of these games that just so much happened. It it it's it, it's hard to process. I to be honest, I had this whole spiel about you know, well, you know, hey, this was a tough loss, and uh, uh, you know, hey, hey, the D-backs, man, they went like five and twenty over one point in the second half. You wonder I, why you're you wonder why you're hated. That's my, why. That's why I, right there. Some poor bastard was waiting up till yep. till till twelve o'clock. Uh, they they stayed up all day. They stayed up all night. They were getting ready to watch this show. They were going to be raging pissed off, yep. raging pissed off. Yep. And you were going to come in here with some, oh, you know, I mean, this is okay. We we were gonna we're gonna fight through it. We got a lot of young guys, and they would have been like, I f-ing hate Nick Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so glad I can keep that in the chamber for at least one more day. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's still there. I don't know. Let's let's I guess run through some of the performers and and, and not really in any order of most importance. I'm just going to kind of go through the box score and kind of talk about so many guys that contributed to this win. Let's start off with Fernando Cruz. Started this game, Bryce. I thought he looked awesome. You know, he gave that that triple to Carroll. Bad pass ball allowed by Tyler Stevenson. He redeemed himself later. We'll get to him. But four strikeouts, no walks. He is pitching really, really well right now, and he's a huge weapon. I like him in his opener role too. Yeah, especially if he can get us six outs. I think that's the key. And he's a guy with reverse splits, too, so he can really match up either way with that split. So, I mean, I think he's been our most reliable bullpen guy, especially strikeout-wise. I mean, if you need a strikeout, I'm going to Fernando Cruz. So, man, it's it's great to see. And, I mean, what a story he is, pitching in Mexican Mexican independent leagues and so on and so forth there. So, dude's a, dude's a gamer. Ben Lively. We mentioned him kind of when we went went on right away. 
but uh, a gutsy performance. I know that is such a cliche term, but he was literally out there those last three or four innings, however many it was, just to eat some innings to save the bullpen that's been taxed, it's been exhausted, and he put up, how many zeros in a row did he put up? He put up a zero in the sixth, he put up a zero in the seventh, put up a zero in the eighth, got a batter out in the ninth. I still don't really know exactly what that whole thing was. Something I think about maybe Jabot against a lefty thought, thought it'd be better to have uh, uh, uh lively face the first one, but uh, a gutsy performance. I mean, it, look, if lively does almost what you expect out of him, let's be honest, as bad as he's pitched in his last start in the majors, as bad as he pitched his two rehab starts, you're, exp- you're almost just conceding the game with Ben lively you're kind of expecting him to give up a run or two, at least in those last couple innings, didn't give up any of them and gave this team a chance to win the game. That was an excellent point. I mean, you know, I think Lively's a guy that we probably would have glossed over just based off of all the crazy stuff that happened in the last, I guess, two innings, extra innings, whatever you want to call it. Um, that was an excellent point by you. It gave him a chance. I mean, it didn't feel like they had a chance, but shout out to uh, shout out to the offense for coming around here. Uh, late in the game and finding ways to score some runs. But, um, you know, give David Bell credit, too. I, I was ready to kill him. Um, I just did not think in the my wildest dreams he was going to trot lively back out there after they just found a way to to to, to, to uh, tie it up. And sure enough, man, he, he got he got the out that that uh, that David wanted him to get. So and I think he tweaked his ankle. I know that people in the chat were worried about his arm, this, that and the other. No, he. If you watch the replay, he kind of like just barely tweaked his ankle. He, he Elliot rearinged it basically. <laughs> oh man, Elliot catches strays at twelve oh two Eastern. Just saying. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, no, but uh, just an, an unbelievable effort by him tonight. Huge effort G- gave this team a chance uh, uh, for sure in this game. Let's just kind of run through the pitching, I guess, and and kind of wrap up through there. Um, obviously nice job by Jabot. We don't need to get into conversation about him. Um, great job by Lucas Sims. He's yeah. really turned his season Big around. There, there was a time where we were kind of feeling really shaky about him, but I feel like the last, I, I don't have it in front of me. The last several outings, he's felt a lot different. And tonight, man, he was, he struck out the only two batters that tried to, to hit against him. You know, that's a good point about Sims. That's the one thing about Sims that you can at least feel really good about when he comes in the game is that he's really going to be he's actually a weapon in my opinion for these these Manfred mans or ghost runners or whatever term you want to use he's a great guy for that yeah he can feast or famine a little bit I get that maybe he might walk a guy or two but again when you when you need to try to get a big strikeout in a spot like that that's the kind of guy you want is Lucas Sims and uh Lucas Sims I think I seen on the broadcast he was two for six in his save opportunities you know, and I, I, I'd like to know if they're going to continue to count these Manfred Mans or these, you know, these Ghost Runners on there as a save opportunity. Because I mean, I know you can count it as a save, Nick, but like if he were to give up that one run tonight, I really wouldn't call that a blown save. That's a, I don't know if you know if that's the way they keep track of that or not, but um, maybe we bring that up on another broadcast if if it's something that's confusing. But anyways, final point on Sims again. We all get pissed off because he walks guys and he, ha- he has some control problems every now and again. But for the most part, if you need a guy to strike somebody out, he's at the top of the list for the Cincinnati Reds. 
Well, one other point on Sims, a guy like Sims, it's not fair to even look at blown saves because uh, if a pitcher enters in the eighth inning and surrenders the tying run in a save situation, it's considered a blown save. So Sims has had more situations where he could get a blown save than an actual save. So never set up guys. That's a completely unfair stat to even look at them. Honestly, that's kind of crappy of the broadcast, if I'm being honest, to even put that out there. Because I feel like it's very misleading to people who may not know that rule, which is a rule that I honestly didn't really know that that until I think last year I kind of had looked that up for some godforsaken reason. But uh, Bryce, any thoughts on Lucas Sims tonight? What a just unbelievable job nailing down this save. Yeah, I think you all hit it on the head. I mean, that got those strikes. He's damn near unhittable. So... You just got to stay in the zone. That slider's as good as it gets, and Heater Heater showed well tonight. So obviously, just a massive save for for the Reds. You know, it would be fun if we had if we had access to talk in the locker room or ask. I'd be I'd be curious to ask uh, Maley and Sims this. So when they did their little pitchers conference, I don't know if you like kind of noticed or you're paying attention. It almost looked like there was like a kind of a disagreement between the two of them. They they kind of are like talking. I don't want to say like passionately. It seemed like they were talking a little passionately to each other. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it's almost like Sims was like, listen, if I'm going to get beat, I'm going to get beat on my best pitch. I'm throwing this. I'm throwing this SOB five times in a row. He (laughs) threw it two times. You only need to throw it twice, threw it two times. And they were darts too. They were like perfect pitches, man. So uh, I bet I would love to know if they were like, I don't, maybe they wouldn't tell you the truth anyways in a post-game interview. Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't, but I'd be curious what that conversation was. All right, Alexis Diaz. Uh, I, I feel like as I'm looking through the box score, maybe it he didn't he wasn't actually as bad as it felt at, while we were watching it. Like it felt really bad. It felt ugly. But but you kind of look back. He didn't get an earned run. Um, obviously the command he came out just so brutal with the command. Um, but obviously if McLean makes that play, we're not even really talking about Alexis Diaz as much. So um, and look, Alexis Diaz. If there's any player on this team that has deserved a chance to get picked up by his team. It's been Alexis Diaz because I mentioned it a couple shows ago, what he did in this first half where he was perfect 20, however many times in a row it was Reds margin for error was like this. If they lose a couple of those games, this season wasn't where it is right now. Um, So look, I, I, I don't think I'm worried about Alexis Diaz. I I feel like he's, he's, he just is going to have a couple of these. Um, I, I don't even necessarily feel like he is, maybe running on fumes. I don't know. Do you guys feel differently? I, I didn't I didn't feel like watching it. It felt like that was a guy running on fumes. Just felt like a guy that wasn't his sharpest tonight. Yeah, no, I agree. And you watch Diaz, even games he's on, he doesn't have great command. So, like, even if, like, a guy gets a hit or, or he does walk a guy, like, that's not super uncommon for him. It just felt inflated because there was a guy on second to start the inning, and then it just felt like there was always chaos on the bases. So, um, yeah, I mean, Diaz is probably the least of my worries on this team. He's just going to continue to be elite. So blip on the radar, if anything. Yeah, I mean, the, the other night I even said I, I, I actually had this gut weird feeling that he was going to blow the save the other night, and it just never – he never got a chance to blow it because we blew it already. <laughs> but, but I it, you know, listen, this guy's been so good for so long. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic in thinking it, but it's just like this guy, he's going to – one of these times he's going to blow a game that we think that we should win tonight. Maybe it's perfect. Maybe it's perfect. The way it all went, he kind of blew it, but he didn't totally blow it. And we still found a way to win. So he kind of maybe checks that box mentally in my mind. But, uh, but my only thing about the, the way that people would probably perceive it to look worse than it really was, Nick is just because of the way it started, right? You get, you get a, you give up a base hit, 
you give up a walk, and you're like, you have this three-run lead that's a little bit misleading because, as we know, there's a guy on second to start the inning. So I always look at that as like one run less, so it's a two-run lead. And I kind of I sh- I sent you a text as a joke, like how many how many runs are you going to beg for? Let's be honest, we 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 got a little bit of bad luck with the ball bouncing over the fence. CES would have scored easily around third base. I don't know if that's something we would have brought up in the you know in the post game. Yeah. We'd probably been so mad we wouldn't have brought it up. But that's a bad break. I mean, he's supposed to score from there. We had nobody out with a guy on second and third. We didn't get those guys in, and then you start the very next inning off with a base hit and a walk. Your mental, your mental in that standpoint is just, it's not the same as a clean inning, you know? So I think that's part of the reason why you thought maybe it was worse than it really was, but I'm not worried about Alexis Diaz. I mean, I, there's, there's, trust me, there's plenty more to worry about on this baseball team. Yeah, there's also Luke, Luke Maley's bunt that was a little confusing. I got to be honest, I was trying to do a million things. I didn't really get to see that in, in the full scheme of things. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there was definitely a missed opportunity there. Um, and, and the bad luck on the CES as well. But uh, all right, but let's keep it moving. Cool for Tyler Stevenson. And hey, he's playing well. He's had a good week. He had a home run at the end of that Toronto game. We kind of joked, hey, hopefully that'll get him going. Hit another home run in LA. Three hits tonight. Good good to see Tyler Stevenson contributing after a really just brutal year for him overall. Uh, but Red, hey, look, Reds need anything they can get. They need the Nick Martinis. They need the Tyler Stevensons. They need them all. Anyone, everyone, contribute. Ooh, it's it's nut cutting time. The nut cutting of all nut cutting times right now, especially over the next what eight games or so, whatever it is at this point. We've we've stressed that how many times, and it's true. I mean these these games, these two next games, uh, uh that um, or another game, obviously t- tomorrow with the Diamondbacks, and then three with with the Giants, and then the four with with Chicago. And you've heard me say this a billion times about Chicago. That's a series of all series. One win away tomorrow. From my God, could you imagine how deflated Arizona would feel if the Reds win this game tomorrow? Don't let. I us. mean, don't let the Reds win tomorrow. Don't let it win tomorrow. All right. So it's obviously Tyler Stevenson, huge night. Um, Matt McClain, in his 16th home run of the season, having an unbelievable year. His defense has been rough the last I don't know week. He's made several bad plays after being just so steady all year. Um, you know, I don't know if maybe a couple of those bad plays, the combination of that, the combination of Carroll running to second, probably a play you should just say, hey, you know what? I might be able to get a double play. I need one out. I can't let, I can't, you can't get cute here. You know, look, it's a, it's one bad play and an incredible season for Matt McLean. I think we can give him some grace on a, on a misplay there. So, like you said, he had a home run earlier in the game, it's number 16 on the year. I think he's got 30 between AAA and the big league. <laughs> All year. That's just nuts, man. What a year he's had. I mean, he's completely changed the perspective of him. Double A Matt McClain last year. I, I cannot, I, I, you all know how much I watch minor league baseball. Like, he looked lost at times against double A arms, not even this time last year. So, like, to, to change the narrative about himself and, and really just his career in general has been really cool to see. And I'm obviously super happy he's on our team. Yeah, I, I want to say something really quick about McLean being, you know, Matt McLean's been unbelievable defensively at second base. Maybe that's the, the, the if you watch the game tonight, maybe that, that gets your head a little bit different. But I'm going to tell you again, I'll say it straight to your face. Matt McLean's been unbelievable defensively at second base. Here's what happened in that, in that play. And again, I don't want to sit here and act like I know everything about, but I played a lot of infield, a lot of middle infield my whole entire life. When, when, when you got a runner that's crossing your path, 
that ball one wasn't hit very hard. But when you got a when you got a runner crossing your path, what it does is it it also makes you mentally think about where you're going to go with the baseball before the ball's hit. You know you're going to go to second base right on a ball that's hit to you. But sometimes if the ball's hit soft enough, like that one was, if that was hit really hard, McLean makes that play. I, I truly believe that. The problem was it was hit just soft enough to where he had to make a decision in his mind. Was he going to go to second base or was he going to go to first base? And also, while he was mentally doing all that math in his head, the ball was hit so softly that it didn't bounce up like it normally would on a play like that to where you could say you got to stay down, you got to stay down, you got to stay down. If a ball's hit really hard, you can't stay all the way on the ground or else the ball's going to you know, hit you in the arm or it's going to bounce up and hit you in the chest. You, it's just got to catch the ball. So if you go back and watch the replay again, I know I say that all the time, but you know, it was just a little bit of bad luck because he came up on the ball trying to make a play a second, and unfortunately it was hit so softly that it just never bounced up for him. So I'm not all that worried about it, to be honest with you. And I know it sounds like I'm making a huge, huge, huge kind of uh, uh, excuse for him. But I truly believe that it's just a kind of a tough luck type situation, and I'm not worried about his mechanics or his his ability to make that play. He's fine. He's more than fine. It's just an unfortunate thing that happened. And if I guess if he could do it all over again, Nick, he would do what you said, which is just stay down on the ball. No, you're going to get the out of first base on the broadcast. They acted like it was a double play ball. It wasn't a double play ball. By the time that he got it, he would have flipped it to Ellie. I think Tommy Pham was the one that hit it, right? Yeah. I think Tommy Pham was like three quarters away down the, the line already by the time that he even started to field the ball. So, again, I, uh, that's where I'm at with it. Uh, I think the broadcast made it maybe seem, and to their vantage point, it might have looked easy, but it was not a double play ball. Yeah, we saw it slowed down, and we're like, oh, yeah, I don't think that. So, it, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to claim 16 home runs, though. I want to ask you about this, Bryce. I kind of felt like, after what I saw from Matt McClain last year, and I obviously didn't watch nearly as much minor leagues as you did, but I felt like Matt McClain's ceiling was maybe what TJ Friedel does power-wise. But he's maybe he's he's maybe a legit 2025, 20, maybe even more uh over a full season. Did you feel like his his ceiling has has really gone up a lot this year in terms of like his power? Yeah, I think it was a it was a weird shift last year. So he was like a sixty grade hit guy out of college, and everybody was like, "Oh, he'll probably be a, a three hundred hitter and hit 15, 20 home runs a year, if that." But like, but he kind of talked about it in some of the interviews he had, where he was kind of sacrificing his average a little bit to hit for more power last year, and, and try to try to take that on a little bit more. So I don't know if that got in his head, and that's why he hit two thirty last year, but. Um, it's kind of looked like he's put it obviously all together when he's hitting what 290 with 16 pumps in the big league. So, um, yeah, like you said, I, I don't see even the exit velocity numbers back at like he's going to hit 20 to 25 homers a year, I think. And then his opposite field power is just nuts, dude. Like a guy his his size just shouldn't hit balls 420 feet to the to right center field. It's just silly power. It's, it's really cool to see. Before we go any further, let's not forget the deep drive of the game. Uh, I have Noelvi Marte because I think it was the hardest hit ball of the night. At least it was when I made this graphic. And yeah, it sure enough, it was the hardest hit ball of the night. 107.8. It was a ground rule uh, double um, in the top of the 10th. And our deep drive of the day is sponsored, as always, by Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuels production 
specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Deep South Commodities. And if I didn't mention as well, uh, also, we're sponsored, as always, by Betfred Sportsbook. Betfred Sportsbook, as you see in the top right corner, we are proudly sponsored by Cincinnati's leading sportsbook, Betfred Sportsbook. All right, let's talk about a couple more guys. If you guys have any thoughts on them, Spencer Steer, three hard-hit balls today, that huge hit. Also had another huge hit that, that didn't score a run in the uh, the bottom of the 11th, single to give the the uh, the the Bach opportunity to TJ Hopkins. Spencer Steer just continues to be a dude all year. Any thoughts on Steer or keeping it moving? I'll make mine quick. I'll make mine really quick. Here's the thing before Bryce uh, before Bryce shares his thoughts is this. Uh, he had Steer had a couple big opportunities, what, about two weeks ago when yep. the Reds were sliding a little bit. He didn't cash in on those. And I and again, I just kept reminding people this guy, this guy is a good player. You know, he he's a he's a I know it's hard to say this with a ton of confidence because he's not done this for you know five, ten years in the big leagues. But he looks like a big league hitter, man. All year long, this guy's looked like a big league hitter. He's going to produce for us, and he's done it. I mean, he, he's gotten big hits. This past week, he's gotten multitude of big hits. And um, he's hitting the ball really, really hard. The Reds, quite frankly, we're talking about home runs. They've, they've, gotten, they've gotten shut out of, of, of quite a few home runs out here in Arizona. It feels like they're yeah. hitting balls to the wall. Like, and it's just like maybe, you know, I, and I don't mind the big ballparks. Like, I actually kind of enjoy it sometimes, but... Tonight, I'll be honest, I was a little pissed off when Ellie De La Cruz's ball like landed at the bottom of the wall. I'm just like, dude, how many times is this kid gonna hit a ball? I'm not trying to get off steer to Ellie, but anyway, I, I don't want to I don't want to talk about Ellie quite yet. But my point is is that these guys are these guys are hitting the ball well. It's just a matter of them falling in. Steer had a four hundred and two foot and four hundred and four foot hit ball tonight. Uh, no home run. So that's uh a tough night, but still again, he's still had two hits, so uh a really good night for Sear. Bryce, any thoughts on Sear? No, Trace hit it on the head. Just consistent. And, and folks, I did not forget about Nick Martini, our number five hitter. What a what a week, man! I, I tell you what, and, and I a I said it. Look, in all seriousness, I do think people complaining about lineups is ridiculous and stupid and silly most of the time. And you guys got to calm down a little bit on it, but. What Nick Martini did this week for this team has been huge. Uh, he, he stepped in and filled a spot. And I did say it before we uh, we, we did the show where we were watching live. Look, teams that make the playoffs need guys like Nick Martini. You need it. You need guys like that to kind of come up out of nowhere, that step up. And, uh, hey, credit a little bit to the Reds for finding this guy, for, for getting him into their organization, for having him as a guy that's ready. He's looked he's looked comfortable and it's not just like he's hitting blue singles. Like this guy's actually hitting the ball pretty hard. No, he is. Wait till that Cubs series, baby. It's going to be the Martini and Mancini show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two other guys worth mentioning. Noelvi Marte. I thought it's some really good at bats tonight. Ellie day. The crew had two walks tonight. Um, Ellie's looking a lot more patient at the plate of late. Is that kind of what you guys are seeing? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I even going back to what was it? I guess the Angels series, he took two walks in a game there as well. So it's just so much better. He's not – it seems like he's okay with taking pitches for strikes now more than more than not. So, uh, yeah, I think he's seen it better. And, and like Trey said, I mean, he's a quarter inch away from being two walks in a humongous homer tonight. So, yeah, he, he's looking better and better each day. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just like I don't know if it's just like he's like Bryce said he's he's okay with taking strikes. I think he's just seeing the ball a little bit better. I don't I don't know if he's just relaxed a little bit more in the last few weeks or he just he you know listen if you hit long enough you go through stretches of time where you don't see the ball better than you see other day. Just I don't there's not a scientific way of it. It's just a men, it's a mental thing I think. And he was maybe pressing a little bit. He's a rookie. He came up hotter than a firecracker. Probably at some point started to feel himself a little bit because he's a human, you know. At some point, you know, like you know, you might be like, "Oh, I think maybe I'm just better than everybody." And then, and then baseball caught up to him just a little bit and it started to beat him down like it does to everybody. And the only thing that I would say that really feels different in the last two weeks, um, or maybe even maybe not, maybe maybe not two weeks, but recently, is just the the takes he's having. He's taken he's taken changeups that are that are that look that appear like they're in the zone and then they dive out of the zone. They're they're good takes. You know what I would call them? They look a little more Will Bensony esque takes. That's what they look like. Uh, let's run run through it here. Uh, Louisville they got swept in a doubleheader, lost sixteen to two in the first game, ten uh, three in the second game. Uh, run through a couple guys here. Connor Phillips, another rough night. Bryce wanted to get your thoughts on him. Just an inning and a third, six hits, six earned runs. Uh, several times of late, he hasn't made it out of like two innings. Um, I think you see why Connor Phillips is not pitching yeah. in the majors right now, right? Yeah, and I think they need to shut him down. His his velo's down. His spin rates are down. Like, I think he's getting tired. This is the most he's thrown in a year. So, I think they just need to need to chill out on him a little bit. Maybe give him the rest of the year off and start him back up early next year. So are you kind of in the camp of uh, Connor Phillips isn't going to be able to help this team in 2023, but we probably should not be concerned about him because it's really probably just more fatigued than anything else. Yeah, exactly. No, Connor Phillips has great stuff. And whenever he's dialed in and, and healthy and, and like you said, not fatigued, he's as electric as it gets, but it just looks different right now. It's like 92, 93 instead of 95, 96. So like that's a big difference. And, and I think anybody that's that's seen that level of velocity knows that a couple extra miles an hour is a big difference. So um, I definitely think that I'm not concerned at all. I think it's more of just like you said, just just be smart with him. He's 22 years old and pitching AAA, so just be smart and 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 don't don't make this worse than it needs to be. All right, a couple other guys just to mention from AAA from their two games today. Stuart Fairchild played in Game One. Uh, sent him on a rehab assignment. A little interesting. I don't remember a guy on concussion protocol going down on a rehab assignment. I mean, I'm sure there's some actual, I'm not trying to make a big deal out of something like that, but he did have a hit today. So um, obviously Stuart Fairchild's the guy that we would like back. Obviously we'd much rather have Stuart Fairchild and in, in, with all due respect to our elite TJ Hopkins, who got the huge balk of the game tonight, we would like to have Stuart Fairchild in the spot. So good to see him back in action. <laughs> Uh, Trey Mancini 0 for 4 in game one, but was uh, 2 for 3 with a double in game two. Uh, Bryce, I kind of felt like Mancini probably was a situation we're going to let him play for um, a week or so, bring him back or bring him up when the rosters expand. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, though, the way he's kind of looked. <laughs> he may send him out to San Francisco and say, yeah, the hell with waiting three more days. Uh, this guy could help us right now. Yeah, it's getting hard to ignore. I mean, the guy's got what three extra base hits in three games, and he's only struck out one time. So, I mean, hey, it's Stray Mancini. Duke can hit. He's hit for a long time. Let's do it. 
And I, I know Trace can't wait to see the the Mancini Martini, the Mancini <laughs> Martini platoon against the Cubs. Oh, I can't wait. I can't. Oh, I can't. I can't wait for for. Uh, well, one Martini's just already been hot, but Mancini, I can't wait for him to rip Reed Mouse's guts straight out of his head, straight out of his chest. It's coming. I can't wait for it. All right, uh, some other quick things to run through with AAA. Jose Barrero 0 for 3 in Game 1, um, was uh, 1 for 3 in Game 2. Uh, some some pitching notables uh, in Game 2. Chasen uh, Sharif struck out the only batter he faced. Interested in him if the Reds decide to bring him up with Alex Young on the aisle to bring him up the Reds a second lefty. He's someone to watch. TJ Antone, another scoreless inning. Um Tonight as well, you have one hit, no walks, and a strikeout. So good to see TJ Anton. Uh, keep it moving. Uh, Double A Chattanooga, they won six nothing over Tennessee. Uh, Blake Dunn, three for four, hit his 18th home run of the year and doubled. Uh, Resigns 0 for two with two walks. Uh, Bryce, just real quick, your thoughts on Blake Dunn's just incredible season? I'm assuming he's probably going to be the Reds' minor league player of the year. Yeah, without a doubt, and. I have a take I'm holding back on. I don't know if it's if it's Uh-oh. worth sending it out yet, but it's twelve thirty. It's twelve thirty. Let it fly. Let it fly. I think, I think Dunn makes the opening day roster next. Yeah, dude, dude rakes left-handed pitching and really good outfielder. He's fast. Like he does things that that help a roster, even if he's not maybe not the best hitter in the world against right-handed pitching. So. He's a better version of Stuart Fairchild, in my opinion. I know you love Stuart Fairchild, Nick, but. Guy can hit. He can play. Well, that's the that's the one thing that I'm not sure about. I mean, I, I'm not sure that Nick loves Stuart Fairchild. I think I think Nick loves trying to stick up for guys to get wrongfully accused. I don't want to I don't want to stick my neck out there for for Nick on that. But he definitely respects Stuart Fairchild. Yeah. But I I do think there was one time off air where 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 Nick was uh, was telling me like you know there's some of these guys he's just he's not like he's a huge uh, I don't know who it was maybe it was Henry Ramos that he was doing a bit on but anyways. You know, I, I mean, I think Nick just wants the best players to play, and sometimes Stuart Fairchild is the best player to play against uh, against left-handed pitching. I do not think Stuart Fairchild at this point in his career is an everyday player, but I think Stuart Fairchild is a better option than Will Benson against left-handed pitching. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Fair. Also, really quickly, for those that don't, Will Benson, are we? Is any of us worried about his like routes and like just his 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 overall <laughs> defensive capabilities? I mean, I know that sounds like a little bit of a joke, but I'm kind of being serious. Like, I, I, I assume it'll get better, obviously, as time goes on. But sometimes the routes he takes are are not great. And also, and I don't know how much we want, how much stock we put into this, but the ball the other night that everybody was screaming and yelling about the uh, Diamondbacks only scoring one run off of because it looked like a four short double. I believe that was like an eighty plus percent catch rate. So I, and I, am I saying Will Benson hundred percent should have caught that ball the other night? Maybe not, but I also think sometimes like his his angles and his routes make it look a little more deceiving or tougher than it really is. Not to not to poop on Will Benson here because I do like him. But I'm just kind of pointing that out. Yeah, I think there's some concerns with that. I mean, I think that he has the athletic ability to where you know you give him some more time, you give him another offseason, you give him another spring training, all those kind of things. I think he can become a, 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 a at worst average corner outfielder. Uh, gotcha. So I don't think I'm worried about him long term. Am I worried if, you know, hey, let's say the Reds make the playoffs. Could Will Benson make a bonehead and play in the outfield? Yeah, I think that's possible this year. I think that, um, you know, that, that's 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 definitely possible. But I don't, I don't know if I'm worried long term um, with them. 
All right, uh, the Dayton Dragons, they lost 3-2 to Lansing, but Chase Petty, four shutout innings, no walks, seven strikeouts. Chase Petty on the season has made 16 starts, and he's got a 1.95 ERA. What an unbelievable season, Bryce, for Chase Petty. God, I am so glad the Reds did not trade him at the trade deadline. This is a guy that I I am as high on as anyone in this minor league system right now. Yeah, and I think today was even more encouraging because he he started to get more swings and misses. He got he had seven Ks today, so I think that's his season high. So I think that that's the next step in his development is getting more swing and miss. I love that he gets ground balls. I think he's he's really kind of changed his arsenal and makes it more pitch efficient, makes it more logical to 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 be a big leaguer. So. Um, definitely good to see, and I, that sliders wipe out when it's going, and, and tonight it was going really well. So, yeah, I'm I'm really high on him as well. I think the thing I like about him a lot is he's so athletic on the mound. I think that he's going to be able to to kind of create a, a floor for himself to where he's probably going to be a contributor to the big league team eventually, just due to the fact that he is he has so much just raw talent, and, and he's starting to refine it even more. He throws strikes like crazy. And like I said, just continues to continues to grow each time out. All right. Uh, other position players that played today, uh, Edwin Arroyo 0 for 4, Carlos Jorge 0 for 3, South Stewart 0 for 2. Hector Rodriguez, though, 1 for 3 with a double. Good to see him just getting promoted. Uh, since it's late, pick one of those guys to say something about Bryce. Jorge's really struggling to adjust to Dayton right now. So um, I don't know. I think he's ready. I think he's probably just pressing a little bit, coming up at a level, but – um, something to keep an eye on. He's he's the one that's kind of not as kind of not really hit the ground running. So I expect him to. I think he can really hit. So it's just a matter of time. All right. Last but not least, Daytona Tortugas. They lost nine four to Fort Myers. Cam Collier did not play, but Victor Costa won for four with a double. Bryce, I do want to give you an opportunity to say something about Cam Collier because I know you've had a lot of tweets about him lately and very deserving. Yeah. No monster August and. Um, I think it's cool that Sean Pender, the Reds director of uh, player development, even pointed him out in an article uh, right after the trade deadline and, and was like, I expect him to really start showing results in the second half. And then he goes out and it's like 380 in August with a 500 OBP. So, I mean, that kid is, I think I saw something. He's two months younger or two months older than Max Clark and a month older than Walker Jenkins, who were drafted three and four this year or whatever they were. Um, and, and he just, is having a really good year in, in full season baseball. So we got a really special talent there and I'm excited to see him continue to progress. All right. Tomorrow red's going for a series split. This would be a huge split, man. You get out of Arizona with a split, the diamondbacks, man, this was a team that was red hot coming into the series. They won the first two games. They were on their way to win their third game. They were feeling really good. A team that you were competing with for a wild card spot. You win this game tomorrow it changes the complexion of this race to some degree. Now it's not, it's not, Oh, the Reds have all the momentum. We're good. Everything's good. It it can completely change it in the blink of an eye as we've seen a million times this year, but huge game for the Reds. Uh, Reds will be going up against Slade Sacconi. He is uh, only pitched 15 and a third innings this year has got a 2.93 ERA. Uh, Sacconi is the Diamondbacks number 14 ranked prospect. He was the fourth-round draft pick in 2020 that has flown through the D-back system, only made 57 starts before making his MLB debut on August 2nd. 
Um, and in Sacconi, since he came up on August 2nd, he made a start, then a relief appearance, then a start, then another relief appearance is being called up. He's not thrown more than 76 pitches over the last month and more than 76 pitches in the big league so far. So, um, Reds saw a lot of D-backs pitchers tonight. Uh, make this guy throw some pitches, get into that D-backs bullpen early and often, and uh, could be a good day for the Reds. And uh, I'm not sure there's anyone else you want on the mound tomorrow other than Graham Ashcraft for the Reds. He's got a 2.17 ERA over his last nine starts, and even better. Ashcraft has only faced the Diamondbacks one time. Last year, he threw six shutout innings at Great America Ballpark, three hits, no walks, four strikeouts. Feeling good. Feeling good. Reds tomorrow. Man, you win this game tomorrow. It's 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 wild how quickly a season could flip. Is it not, guys? It'll be huge. And also, I want to point out these games are obviously two game swingers, right? Like, uh, you know, I, I I know I know we get caught up in saying one of one sixty two, one of one sixty two, and we've kind of like we've you know at the beginning of the year that's what you do because it truly is one of one of one sixty two. We're in the point of the season now where you know, as you said, it is not cut in time. These games matter a little bit more than 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 the rest. Let's be honest. And uh, the the last thing I would I would say about it is the Reds do hold the tiebreaker now over the Arizona Diamondbacks. And um, you know, so the idea of of tonight. Let's be honest with you. I don't know how Bryce felt. I don't know how you felt, Nick. But I'll sit there. I was sitting there watching in the eighth inning, and I thought to myself, "This is it. This is the casket. Let's go lay down in it and uh, let let them let them let them close it up on us." And I'll be honest with you. Tonight was season saving, man. I'm not trying to overplay it. Might you might say I'm being a drama queen. <laughs> season saving. I don't think I would go that far, but I would say this. If you don't win tonight, you're going to have to have more of an extraordinary effort the rest of the season. Whereas yeah. now you can kind of keep you can, it gives you the, your margin of error is a lot bigger. Um, and, and tonight, Trace, to your point, it's not almost worth two games. It's almost like three games because you got the time. It's almost like legitimately a three game swing. It could be, which is just it's wild to say with the way these tiebreakers have kind of completely shaken up how how baseball is thought of. Uh, because normally back in the day, you would play a tiebreaker game. and Now there's no more. So uh, there's a very good possibility this in a wildcard race, whether the Reds are in it or not is going to come down to a tiebreaker between two teams, and uh, that, that's going to really suck for the team on the other end. Hopefully the Reds can pick up as many of these as they can. Got the Diamondbacks. They can get the, they can secure the Giants next week. They can secure the Cubs next week if they can uh, uh, win the series versus the Giants split versus the Cubs. So, man, you have all those tiebreakers. That could be a real uh, uh, nice piece in your arsenal down the stretch. Well, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Chatterbox Reds. We greatly appreciate all of the love and support. If you have not yet subscribed to Chatterbox Reds on your favorite podcast platform, well, what are you waiting for? Do it right now as we have new episodes available bright and early the morning after every single Reds game this season, just in time for your daily commute, your morning coffee, or however else you get your day started. And also, make sure that you're subscribed to Chatterbox Sports on YouTube so you can join us live after every single Reds game this season and be a part of the conversation. Hit the bell and turn on notifications also so you can get alerts on your phone whenever we go live. We hope that you have a fantastic day. And as always, go Reds.